Uh, um, so how much is that? And welcome to the podcast editor's mastermind, the podcast dedicated to the business side of podcast editing. As always, I am Daniel Abendroth of Broth Media. Below me, we have Carrie Caulfield, Eric of Yaya Podcasting. And rounding out the threesome tonight is Brian Ensminger from TopTierAudio.com. And the fourth Yeti who is taking a hiatus is Jennifer Longworth. And you can find her at BourbonBarrelPodcasting.com or at KY Podcasting on all socials, I believe. Yeah. Yep. That's it. So today, once again, we are going to be talking about the topic that is always, hi, mom. (laughs) That's great. Hi, Daniel's mom. Everybody say hi to my mom. (laughs) Hi, Daniel's mom. So the topic that is always popping up with us constantly, week in, week out, and an issue that comes up quite often just in any professional setting, I believe, imposter syndrome. And that's whenever you feel inadequate and Despite the skills and wisdom and experience that you have, you just don't feel like it stacks up. So once again, we're talking about that because I don't think this is a topic you can talk about too much. Hello, Kareem. Hello, Helen. Hello, mom. Thank you all for joining us tonight. And if you are dealing with imposter syndrome yourself or you have comments about it, as always, you can leave them in the comments on Facebook and we'll talk about them, read them live on air. If you're listening to the audio version, feel free to leave a comment in the comment section on the website and we'll get back to you or leave a comment on the Facebook group because we're always in there. Tonight, I thought uh, we'd do something a little bit different when starting the show. And something I do every week with my business coach is we start off with well all the wins for the past week that we have in our business. So tonight, I thought we could start off with just one win. So we'll go around here and each share a win from our business and a real win, Carrie, not a (laughs) passive aggressive or a win that's actually (laughs) a negative sentiment. What are you talking about? What are you talking about? So please uh, share your wins in the comments or share your win on the website or in the Facebook group. So since this is my idea, I'll start out. The last episode, if you didn't catch it, was about contractors and hiring contractors. I'm at the point in my business where I kind of want to get away from working in the business and work more on the business and kind of focus on my passion projects and whatnot. So I've actually hired my first contractor. We actually had a kind of interview session on Monday that was supposed to be an hour long. We ended up talking for two hours. So if you're listening to the audio podcast, then the previous episode has actually been released. If you're watching live, then it's not out yet, but it will be soon. We actually edited our last episode. So I'm real excited about kind of bringing on somebody else and growing the business in other ways. Either one of you have your win ready? Carrie's next. Oh, okay. All right, Carrie. Well, so I think what I'm going to go with <laughs> is that I have gotten to a place where I have been off on the weekends consistently for the past like two months. So I just realized that like that actually happened. Wow. That is a huge win. Yeah. So can I share two things? Is that okay? Absolutely. So one, Daniel, you just kind of reminded me about this because you mentioned hiring contractors. And just this week, I finalized what I think is going to be my subcontractor contract so that when I work with people, I've got something that I can say, okay, here's the agreement and it makes it a little bit easier. So I'm, I'm looking forward to getting that and trying it out. 
And then the other thing is more of an update. I bought my first ticket ever for podcast movement over the past week or so. Uh, it's going to be in Nashville, so there's almost no excuse to not go, except if I didn't buy a ticket, in which case there's plenty of excuse. So now I've just got to get get the hotel room and all that stuff lined up. But I'm looking forward to doing that because uh, I've never been. Awesome. I might uh, steal your contract because that's kind of that's my next step. Michelle and I have looked into like the online kind of generate a subcontract contract, mm-hmm. tweaking it to our knees. But if you have one, I'd love to take a look at it. Yeah, I actually bought it. So I'm not sure what licensing rights go with that. I'd have to check into it. Oh, okay. So anyway, uh, Chris Hayes shared his win. Has somebody reached out to him out of the blue from a Facebook group for editing? That is fantastic. And then Kareem shared his win, got his first podcast to edit over the weekend, which, yay. Well done. Well done. That's yeah. awesome. Good job, guys. So imposter syndrome for this conversation was prompted by Carrie. Do you want to share a little bit about the situation that came that kind of no. led to this? No. Okay, great. No. So we're done. <laughs> well, thanks so much for listening. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. So, uh, so there's, I cannot share everything because like, I'm not allowed to talk about the project, but I started working for a company doing a couple of kind of big shows. And it's different editing. It's like dialogue editing. So it's not it's not an interview. They're both scripted shows. And it's like really kind of involved. And I'm waiting for these people to figure out that I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. <laughs> I mean, I do know what I'm doing. Right. I, I don't think this is very hard work. But like it's it's very intimidating because these are people like the producers from television and this company is you know it's kind of a big deal right it's kind of moving out of that independent realm and into that more corporate realm and i'm like okay but i still want to sleep until 11 and (laughs) (laughs) good luck with that right no but you know what they're really, really nice and collaborative and construct, you know, any criticism. And I haven't really had any criticism, but they're very constructive and thoughtful. And I just feel like they're going to discover that I don't know what I'm doing. And then they're going to fire me and then I'm not going to get to do this anymore. <laughs> so it's imposter syndrome plus just feeling an incredible amount of pressure, I think. It's it's a weird place, but the result is it makes me want to hide from the world. So, yeah, that's where I'm at. I'm trying to hide. I guess one of the questions that I have, and Kareem kind of keyed in on, on this as well, about whether or not it's even imposter syndrome. Because I know for me, whenever I start a new job, whether it's editing for a new client or starting a new, I mean, I have a day job. I've been there for a long time now. But there's always sort of that initial period where I feel like I'm starting to learn the culture and starting to learn the the people and not quite knowing whether my approach to humor is going to be considered funny or if they're going to be a little bit more uptight or, you know, or that kind of thing. And so I, I wonder if maybe there's a little bit of that as well in terms of, you know, like you don't really know these people. It's an entire team that you're starting to work with. I assume that you're kind of stepping into a role that already existed. No. Okay. So this is the first time they've really broken up these roles before. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, do you have that kind of experience like I do? Or are you just, you walk into a job and you're like, I'm here. I, I'm I'm amazing. Well, you know, I've, 
I and my husband has told me this numerous times that, you know, when you go work for somebody else, and this is kind of like a subcontracted job. When you go work for somebody else, you know, you're not going to like it. You're not going to be comfortable. And that's kind of what it feels like is that now I have somebody I report to instead of just like an independent podcaster. Mm-hmm. I have the, you know, there's like this whole, you know, there's the um, head of post-production and then there's the showrunner and then there's the CEO. Like, there's, so there's all these people, right, that get to now have an input on kind of what I'm doing, which is very discomforting, too, because, you know. Like when it's working just with one, you know, an individual independent client, it's like one-on-one, right? And now there are all these other people involved and all these other people I have to like learn and figure out. So it's mm-hmm. not just making one person happy. It's making everybody else happy, I guess. Your fears and like your feelings are very valid mm-hmm. because once you bring in more people, there's a lot more opinions. And a lot of people who think it should be one way when they probably shouldn't have an opinion in it in the first place yeah but this isn't the first time you've worked with like a non-independent podcast right well it's it's different than like say working with because this is more of an like an entertainment company and it's so it's a little bit different than working with a big corporate client where you've got like whatever vp to deal with and the legal department whatever because then i could just fob all those off like they don't know what they're talking about right so i can always be right I feel like this is butting up with my control issues, too, because (laughs) I'm not in control. Like, right. I'm not running the show. I'm, you know, I'm just cutting up tape. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) that's it. I I think, though, also, and I'm sure you're aware of this. There's also an incredible opportunity in this, right? Yeah, because you're you're working with professionals. You're working with people that know what they're doing and their ability to challenge you will far outstrip any independent podcaster who has no experience in the biz in terms of bringing expertise to the production. So while I I get it and I totally feel you at the same time, I think this is going to be really, really good for you. Not because I'm looking and I'm saying like Carrie's not good enough. No, I'm saying these people are going to bring out the best in you in ways that Daniel and Jennifer and I can't because we don't have the experience that they have and we don't have the perspective that they have. I think this is going to turn you into a rock star in a way that you're not expecting. I think it's going to be really cool. If that means that the people are going to send me more emails, I don't want that. <laughs> can I choose my job on the amount of like emails and messages I get? <laughs> I think you can. Yeah. Maybe not. <laughs> no. No. I mean, this is kind of is one of the reasons I did the fellowship, right? It's why I invested in that because... I wanted to kind of work on this level and now I'm here and I, it's terrifying. You know what I don't like about it is I'm starting, like, I feel like I'm starting all over again. I'm like, mm-hmm. I don't know anything. I don't know anybody. It's just, I, I'm the new girl in the room and that is very, very uncomfortable. And I'm waiting, waiting for them to figure out, I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I'm just, I'm just swinging it. But I'm going to wing it like a nerd. <laughs> But it is it is a very uncomfortable place to be. I am not comfortable with this at all. Yeah, I deal with that too. Because we recently started offering like a much more involved launch package with our company, which like it's a six week program and we take you week by week through the whole process of like helping you like design your artwork, helping you come up with like the title of your show, the title of your episode, like what your content should be, the like all of this like really nitty gritty. And like each time it's just like, what? And especially like at the very, like 
but then it's very new. So it's just like, we've never done this before. So how can we possibly help somebody else do it? But just because like, you've never done something specifically, like you've been in podcasting for many, many years. You've done like a number of shows. You've done the fellowship. You've like, there, there's so many aspects. Like you have just busters. You have like all these different things, like in the world of podcasting that you can kind of like pull experience from. That's very true. I guess I wasn't prepared for this feeling. Like I've had imposter syndrome before, right? And you just kind of, you know, but it's like quick, right? Mm -hmm. This has just been going on and on and on. And I just, I want it to go away. Maybe it's quick for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, this, <laughs> this is like, oh my gosh. Don't need to brag. Terror. Sorry. <laughs> and Helen said she did a big corporate comms contract for a couple months at the end of last year and people would ask me what they should do and she'd think why the f are you asking me i have no idea what i'm doing so and that's kind of exactly like what it what it feels like right how long have you been working with them now oh not long like two months and then this kind of work is there's a tight turnaround right but like they're like oh we want to launch the podcast by august 23rd and i'm thinking all right i've done it quicker uh <laughs> <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but it when they get a little panicked about it i it makes me panicked about it too so that's is, is that how their culture runs that everybody's just sort of always cranked up to 11 i i don't i don't know it doesn't they seem like a lot calmer but i, don't, I think i'm perceiving it as panic i think i'm worried about it like subconsciously like I don't know, yeah. like, because we don't know each other, right? So I don't know what's, that's the other thing. I don't know what's going to happen. I, it's so, it's so much new territory. It's, it's, I'm not very uncomfortable with this. Yeah. It's kind of like going back to what Brian was saying. Like, whenever you start a new job, there's always that period of uncertainty. Yeah. It's like when you deliver that first file to a new client, there's that like mm -hmm. emotional hangover that goes with it. Yeah. This feels <laughs> like that times a thousand. Especially because, like, everything's so new and the expectations haven't been set. So, like, you don't necessarily know, like, you can't, it's hard to get a read on them, like, what their expectations are, how they're feeling. And also, it's like, you're setting the expectations of your capability. So, it's like, everything needs to be perfect because if you mess up, like, day one, then that kind of, it feels like you're setting the precedent. When in reality, it's like, right. this is day one right. of probably a long relationship. So the executive producer has never done a podcast before, too. That's really interesting. And so, like, he also has apparently never really used Dropbox. Run away. It's not worth it. <laughs> well, okay, let me tell you, the money's good. So I don't mind being inconvenienced in that way. But it's just, like, one more layer of stuff. So basically, yeah. But but, but all of it, like, the pressure and the... the I guess I don't like... I just... I don't know. Like I said, it, it's very uncomfortable territory for me. And I've pushed myself to be there and, but i just i'm ready for it to like be not new so are you interested in pushing it just a tiny bit more maybe <laughs> what i'm wondering and of course this is I, i'm not on the inside of this relationship so i don't know but i'm wondering if there's the opportunity for you to maybe get a once a week or once every other week time with one of the people that's involved with the production to do what they would call in radio, like an air check where you listen through and maybe you come up with one thing that could have been better. And one thing that was really good that you want to capitalize on for the next time so that you can start working with them to start learning with them, but also be proactive because if they're not doing that, 
you asking for that is going to help them improve the show that much more quickly because it will require that once every however often everybody listens or everybody that's involved with the air check listens through and, and has to find one thing that they like that they want more of and one thing that they think that could have been a little bit better. And whether that's on your production side or on the preparation or the recording side, or even on the hosting side, like this question could have been asked differently, or what if we had done this narrative transition differently? And maybe a couple of weeks after it goes live so that everybody's kind of forgotten and you come back with fresh ears. I think that that could deliver tremendous value to you as well as the show. And even though you're probably not trying to take a leadership role in the show, right? I mean, maybe you are, I don't know, but no, even if you're not, just... <laughs> it could start to establish that in a way that you might be able to, and I don't want to say leverage like it's a bad thing, but kind of leverage to your advantage as well as the good of the show. Yeah. I, so we're having monthly meeting, not monthly, weekly meetings now. And I know that I'm going to get feedback from the executive producer about the editing. So that is... Uh, that's good, but bad, but <laughs> um, it's scripted. So like, you know, it's basically choosing takes too. That's the other thing. Right. But it's, it's just so interesting place to be, but I think this is a one series, like it's eight episodes and then it's done. But I think doing like a postmortem yeah. would be fantastic. I really do. And I think they'd like that. And then there's another one, which is ongoing, but it's a little bit different. The other thing I wonder is, is there one, I'll call it a lie, because I think it probably is a lie that keeps coming back over and over, like one consistent theme, like I'm not a good enough editor or people aren't going to like my hair or whatever that thing is. And if that's the case, do you have something in your past that demonstrates that that's not true that you can remind yourself of? You know, that's really funny. I think most of it is like where I'm worried about they're going to hate the editing. And then they're going to fire me. And then every email, like I see their email, like come up in my phone. <laughs> and this is, this is how like bad it is. I'm like, oh, my God, they're going to fire me. Like, that's my first thought. It's like they're going to fire me. And so I like hide because I don't I don't want to read that email. Right. Or they're not they're going to hate it or they're going to, you know, whatever. And I don't know what that goes back to at all. Like, I have no. Clue. So. Is there a way that when you see those and that thought comes up, you could maybe remind yourself of something a little bit contrary that says they want my help to make their show better? Yeah. Yeah. Because you know what? They've never given me any evidence of that. And they've always been like super nice. Um. <laughs> so like the anti me, I get it. Right. Well, no, 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 no. But it's like every interaction I have with them, it's like so positive right and i even said you know i met, i mentioned to the head of production that setting off the first piece of work is always very vulnerable making she's like oh don't worry about it you know he'll give you notes it'll be fine like it's gonna be fine right i don't know what has why has gotten stuck in my craw except for like i don't i don't know i don't know what it is it's gonna say not because i don't even have the education but i'm like yeah, you, you do. kind of do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You just did it for the last six months yeah. or a year or something. Yeah. More education than probably 99% of podcast editors. So can you share how they found you? Through, through a, a friend or, you know, a fellow editor that I, I've helped and am friends with. And, and it was one of those things, like, she mentioned it like a year ago. Like, I'm going to refer you to these people. 
you know, they're almost ready. And then, you know, finally she did. Like they, they emailed me and I'm like, oh, okay. Almost ready in podcaster terms is a year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. I feel like maybe we should take a little bit of a step back for those that are joining us and maybe who aren't familiar with who Carrie is to kind of explain what's going on because Carrie's been talking about imposter syndrome and some of the stuff that's going on. And you might be saying, you know, okay, well, you know, big deal. People struggle. Well, here's the thing. Carrie leads the largest group of non-male podcast editors in the world, as far as I know. She's been a featured speaker at PodFest, the podcast editors conference on a whole ton of stuff. And even at Podcast Movement, if I remember right. Yeah, that... Podcast Movement. She pod... Like, I right. speak all the time. <laughs> so, and the reason I bring this up is because you might be saying, okay, well, how does that affect me? Well, the thing is, as you continue to grow and you get better and you get more stuff, this doesn't go away. You still have to deal with it. And that's what Carrie's doing. And she's being vulnerable for all of us. So I appreciate this because now I'm not the one on the spot. But I think it's important to remember, it's not like Carrie just created a Fiverr profile and started editing 20 minutes ago. She's been, you've been doing this for six years, five years? Uh, well, I've been, I started editing my own show six, seven years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, this unfortunately doesn't go away, which is why we keep talking about it. And Carrie's got the stuff. That's the other thing, right? And so that's how we have to kind of start working through this and remind ourselves in the words of Stuart Smalley, I am good enough and I am smart enough and doggone it, people do like me. And I, I remind myself of that too. So there's that. <laughs> and I'll also throw a quote out there. A very smart person who I look up to by the name of uh, Carrie Caulfield Eric once said that imposter syndrome is a good thing because it's evidence that you care deeply about what you're doing. Okay, when can I stop caring? <laughs> Whenever you retire. <laughs> oh, darn it. Darn it. I just, it's so emotionally taxing to grow and to do something new, right? I, it was when I did the fellowship, getting constructive feedback was very uncomfortable. And so I feel like I'm kind of like have taken that a step further now because I'm getting constructive feedback and getting paid for it instead of paying for it. And, and it is very uncomfortable. That's a win. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess it and is. And the other thing is that's like a muscle. The more you flex it, the more you work it, the better you get at receiving that constructive feedback, which allows you to continue growing. I know, but I like to be the one giving the feedback. Well, yeah. <laughs> and still getting paid, but. So can we not talk about me for a little while? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. We can talk right. about Daniel. All right. <laughs> I'm kidding. So <laughs> actually, Kareem had an interesting question in the chat. I'm wondering if we want to just pop over to that. Yeah. Sure. So Kareem asks, uh, he says, I don't feel any imposter syndrome right now. Should I be worried? No, enjoy it. Because mm. it'll come. <laughs> I guarantee you yeah. it'll come. You're in the honeymoon period. Yeah. I, I will say that for me, I do start to get a little bit concerned if I don't feel a little bit of imposter syndrome because I feel like there's always something that I don't know. And if I don't feel like I'm butting up against the edge of my knowledge, then I'm probably being left behind. While I like to do things the same every time because it's faster, I also like to push myself. So yeah, definitely enjoy it. But also, I don't know, I I might be looking, that might get my brain to start looking and going, are there things that could be better? So maybe it's not imposter syndrome, but it's, am I actively looking to grow? Well, so I'm going to say that Kareem just found 
a, a podcast to edit for, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's turned a, a, in that first file yet, but like, I think the imposter syndrome will kick in. Yeah. About the time he turns in the first file. <laughs> yeah. And I will say, like, at the beginning, like, so imposter syndrome is like that feeling of, uh, like insufficiency despite like all the evidence towards this. When you're first starting out, you kind of have a good understanding that you are new. So like not having the knowledge or the skills or whatever is kind of to be expected. Yeah. Enjoy it while you can. Not to, not to put any fear into you, but like it's going to come. And as you get bigger projects and the more you do it, it's probably going to happen. But just, just know like when it does happen, it's probably a good thing. And one thing about Kareem is, he is very educational, I would say. Like, he's looking into stuff in Reaper. Like, I like he's teaching me things about mm-hmm. Reaper. Yeah, he's very thoughtful. After, like, he's been using it for like three weeks now. Yeah, you know, I expect Kareem to do really well because he's incredibly insightful. Just in the conversations that I've seen him in Podcast Editors Club, which y'all should check out. Um, one was about the panning. You know, for mm-hmm. in stereo files, which was really interesting, and he was just taking it all in. But yeah, Kareem, I think I think the imposter syndrome is is going to come. And what is it that the further along you get in your career, the more you start to question your knowledge because mm-hmm. you know how much you don't know. Like, yeah. you have knowledge. Yeah, the more you learn, the more you realize how ignorant you've been. Yeah, and you know nothing. <laughs> I was talking to Gabriel and just talking about like. I'm going through, I have two shows that I'm going back through and replacing all their intros and outros. And one show, like, we just released episode 229. So, like, her show's been around for a couple years now, and I've been with her the entire time. And so, I'm working my way backwards. I'm really dreading getting back to those early episodes and hearing what I thought was good (laughs) three or four years ago. Or just, like, going back to, like, the very first episode I edited on my own show and just listening to that. And remember being like so proud of what I put out there. Yeah. And like now, like knowing more about audio engineering and how things should be done. It's like, oh, that's so rough. I don't know if I'm actually helping or making things making worse. People feel worse but. <laughs> so if I can, the, the place that I find imposter syndrome seems to creep in the most maniacally in my life is when I don't have feedback from the client. I have a show that was paused for a while and they just came back, but there's a new host for the show. And I delivered the new file and I've not heard anything back regarding edit requests. They haven't published the new episode. I'm sure because of previous conversations that they're just too busy to get to it, right? Because somebody has to write the episode notes. It's, it's for a company. There's all that stuff. But there's also this part of my brain that says, even though the previous host liked you, and wants you to do all kinds of stuff for the company, what if the new host doesn't think that you did a good job? And because there's not that feedback, my mind starts to fill in all of that stuff. And unfortunately, my mind doesn't naturally go to, well, they're probably just busy. I'm sure that they loved it. You're the best editor in the world, which I'm not actually. But you know, like I don't start with that. I start with, they probably hated it. They're never going to use me again. They're probably just afraid to tell me because they don't want me to be upset, right? Probably not true at all. Yeah, but I feel like that's exactly what I've been doing because there's no, I, I haven't gotten any feedback yet. I've been waiting on the feedback, but I haven't gotten the feedback yet. So I can totally relate to that. Yeah. But that's that's exactly what happens is that you you fill in the blank, right? Mm-hmm. 
for those listening, if there's any of you that ever automatically fill in the blank with something positive, would you share that in the comments <laughs> so that Carrie and I can learn from you? Because yeah. I feel like now I've gone full circle and I'm back in the hot seat and that's not where I want to be yeah. this week. <laughs> yeah, but that's hard. I mean, like you always have those clients, you know, or there's a certain type of clients that will always give you feedback no matter what. Mm-hmm. Right. Or they'll at least give you feedback periodically. And I like that, you know, as much as like, so I had one client that used to give me feedback every single time, mm. which was not fun. And I'm like, dude, that's how you talk. There's nothing I can do about that. <laughs> uh, so, you know, he was very fussy, right? He's like, well, did you have this? Sounds like you used a lot of compression there. And I'm like, no, honey, you didn't articulate. <laughs> yeah. I think I remember you talking about that particular host a couple times. Right. Now he's super easy and, and it, you know, he'll let me know if there's a problem, but otherwise he's fine. But because there was that level of feedback for the longest time, I know exactly how he likes everything done. Right. I know what he's going to be like, oh, what's this? Right. I can hear it. I, you know, this, should I fix that? Yeah, I should fix that. <laughs> you know, you know what the the little things that are going to, catch their attention are either positively or negatively. And while in the beginning that can be kind of a pain in the rear, it pays off in the long run because you're never wondering, right? Because you, you that communication's there. And I think for this particular project or these projects I'm talking about, like we haven't gotten to the feedback. We, you know, we just simply haven't gotten there yet. And I just sent, I sent like four files over and I'm waiting on those notes, right? <laughs> and so that's also very scary. Yeah, for me, it's like for the clients that just like never give feedback, I'm okay. I don't fill in the blank. I just kind of go by my day because like I don't have imposter syndrome when it comes to my editing. Maybe I should because I do like, you know, everybody makes mistakes. But I, guess, I guess so. Like a tip with that is like have a quality checker. So like I send files to my assistant who listens through and finds anything I missed. But it's when a client who normally doesn't give feedback sends me a correction because like I don't know their tone through an email or through like a text message. And do you always th- assume the tone is yelly? <laughs> yeah. It's like pissed off. Like, how could you do this? And so I'm like, how can I make this mistake? It's such an obvious mistake. How could I do this? Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, I'm so sorry. I made the corrections. Like, you know, I drop everything, get it done, you know, fix it. And it's like, oh, thank you so much. That's so great. And like, just like completely like lighthearted. Like, it's just them being like, hey, by the way, there's a thing. If you could fix it, that's awesome. Like in my mind, it's like, blah, 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 blah. So like the less feedback you get, then like when you finally do get feedback, it's suddenly like the worst thing ever. Like you have hurt them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like I intentionally like set out to attack them through this thing. Whereas like I have one client (laughs) who like every episode, she always has something like, okay, now like she wants to like do add-ons, like cut this and blah, blah, blah. So, and like I've made, it's the one I've been working for like three or four years now I've been working with. And so at this point, I know, like, mistakes happen. She doesn't really care that much as long as it gets fixed. So, like, I know whenever she comes back being like, hey, you know, you missed this part. I'm like, oh, okay. Yeah. Let me just do that real quick. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah no, like, it totally does. Because I've had, I've said to clients, like, I've made a mistake. And I'd be like, I'll understand if you fire me. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, let me give you a free mug. Because wow. they're like, what? <laughs> no, I won't give anything away for free. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they're like, wait, you don't need to go there. Uh, it's like you went and punched them in the face. I mean, that's how it, it feels. You like let them down. So when really like it's just kind of a 
an afterthought for them. Like, oh, yeah, hey, there's a thing. Or it's such a sauce because <laughs> we're like, uh, we're having these imaginary like interactions with our clients. <laughs> I think I have problems. Like, does everybody care about their job this much? I think. I mean, I don't know about everybody, but I care. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's because like this is your business. This is like more than a business, it's an identity. Like, I guess I yeah. can't speak for you, but for no, me, it's I like, think you're right. I'm a podcast editor. Like, this is part of my identity. So, like, I care that much more. Whereas, like, when I was in high school working at Jack in the Box, probably didn't care as much. That's weird. You'd be the only Jack in the Box employee that didn't care that much then. <laughs> no, I mean, that that really is a differentiator, right? I mean, I care about my day job, but my day job doesn't have my name on it, right? I am mm-hmm. not the face of a multi-billion dollar company. I am the face of my company. And yeah, it matters to me differently. Doesn't mean I don't try and do a good job for both. But yeah, there's a there's a different level of pressure when it's your name. Mm-hmm. Is it healthy to have it so much part of, be part of your identity? Because I feel like in some respect, I feel like now my whole world is built around this job. I, don't, I can't speak to whether it's healthy or not, but I don't think it's abnormal. Because like, Certain, like, you know, a lawyer, a doctor, you know, like there are prestigious jobs out there that kind of make up somebody's identity. So I don't know that it's abnormal. I don't know if it's healthy. My gut instinct is like, I don't think it's unhealthy as long as like it doesn't go too far. Like keep in balance. I would say, and this is my perspective because that's, I'm the one talking. There's always going to be, yeah, I know, pretty, pretty insightful there. there there's always going to be a portion of your identity that's tied up in what you do. I think the key is that that's not the deepest and most important part of your identity, right? Because at the end of the day, if podcasting goes the way of YouTube and things change and you decide you don't want to be part of the industry anymore, you're still Carrie. And there's still an incredible amount of leadership that you bring to the table regardless of whether you're editing somebody's podcast or you're doing something else. And I think that trying to keep that tension there is going to be really valuable. Well, I appreciate that. That's very nice of you to say. (laughs) Yeah, I guess that's part of the reason also why this has been, you know, trying to think of why is this particular job in this particular situation just causing me so much emotional tax. And I think part of that is because I am carrying, you know, my community behind me. Right. Because I would like to get to a place where I don't know, is that, you know, being in the leadership role, you know, when other jobs come up, I would like to pay forward what, you know, my friend did for me by getting me a job. Like, yes, I know. And they are like a company that is looking to increase the amount of women in their technical departments. So. I, I've got to represent all of podcast editors, all of women podcast editors. <laughs> and that's pressure too. But you don't, right? Because you're going to naturally do those kinds of things that you've referenced when given the opportunity. That's just going to happen. You just have to be you. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, uh, I feel better though. I feel better after having shared all this in the conversation. And the feedback, 
has been really helpful because the other thing, I think that one of the things that's helpful with any kind of imposter syndrome or whatever this is, is getting it out of my head, you know? So it's not just this conversation, like, you know, that I'm like creating Mm -hmm. in a vacuum and I'm getting some like reality thrown at it. I remember somebody, and I think it was probably a podcaster once, but I can't attribute it because I can't remember anymore, saying that once you understand what you're afraid of and you can give it a name, that removes a lot of its power because then you know what you're dealing with. It doesn't mean you're not still afraid, you're not still dealing with it, but it changes things because it's not this amorphous blob of confusion and fear anymore. It's right. Whatever it is. And I don't know what we've named it, and you probably don't need to share that because that's that's for you. But I mean, I yeah, schnurfleberries. It doesn't matter. <laughs> schnurfleberries. I was I thought that was it. Yeah. Schnurfleberries isn't very scary. <laughs> Personally, I preferred Captain Crunch, but whatever. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Crunchberries are good. All right. And it seems like the main thing with what you're going through, Carrie, is time. Once you've got more experience with them, kind of show them what you can do. You get that feedback. Things are going to go better. Just like with any new job, after a little bit of time, you kind of become more comfortable. Yeah. Once the expectations are understood. Right. Right. And once, like, I figure out how everybody works, I think that'll help. Once I get, uh, whoops, cats. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to gently. The obligatory cat appearance, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. Yeah. I think once we go through like the process, at least with like one full episode, I think it'll be more comfortable. So we'll see. And I'll let you know if I get fired. So <laughs> you're not going to get fired. <laughs> okay. Thank you. It's not going to happen. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. But I would, you know what? I do, I enjoy the work so much that if I got fired, I would still try again. Like I would still go after the same type of job because it's really. It's really fun. It's really fun work. So that's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just get to listen to my characters. Think about, you know, like what would a serial killer do? (laughs) Serial killer sounds like a blast. I'm I'm a little concerned now. (laughs) I know. It's like after and that maybe part of it is that the um the character like it's so dark. Like it, I guess it also like after listening all day and being sucked up in this story, right? That I, and I'm working. That's what I'm working with is like the crazy guy. It gets me in this weird headspace too. So, but I promise I won't murder anybody. Okay. Okay. That's all. That's all. That's all we can ask of anybody, <laughs> okay. right? And definitely not you guys. <laughs> Try not to murder anybody. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, this has been fun. Yeah, we got a few comments. If you want to kind of. Go through them. Okay. I'm going to move this cat. Angela says, grateful to hear this, to know I'm not alone in this. Very courageous of you to be open about it. Thank you for sharing. It has been helpful. Yeah, because this is the kind of conversation that typically we reserve for our private mastermind. So we do, we go live on Facebook and release the episode every other Thursday. And then the other Thursdays, we meet privately to discuss the things that we don't necessarily want to or can discuss publicly. So I appreciate, you know, Carrie's coming out here and being vulnerable with us. Well, thank you. I, again, this is not comfortable either. I mean, <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh-huh. And that makes it like all the more, if it was comfortable, then we wouldn't be talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. The growth happens outside your comfort zone. It does. It does. Kareem says today he saw a super talented video producer mentioning 
he reached a level where he could have two projects within his business that are totally hands up to him. He said it's a new experience for him, but have been striving to reset for a while. I think if a video editor can do it, then audio editors can reset level as well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. There's definitely, I know a couple companies that have that kind of level of business. Yeah, but I kind of like the work. Mm-hmm. I don't know that I would ever want to be, and I know I go back, I have gone back and forth with this, but like doing this new work here, like I, I want to be able to pick and choose the work that I do, I guess. But I don't want to be completely hands off with any project. Because I'm too much of a control freak. I think yeah. we talked about that last week. <laughs> yeah. I think this, this show should be called Carrie Got Issues and Needs Therapy. Steve Stewart is upset that he just got here and doesn't know what Carrie is dealing with, but he will catch the replay. <laughs> yeah, it's all out there, Steve. <laughs> Lord help you. Yes, it's the ever-threatening imposter syndrome. Yeah. You know, it happens. And, and and then, like, I'll be in these different stages in your career, too, I think. Like, as you move through different niches and different, you know, we get new and unnew. Oh, good. My computer's backed up. <laughs> Yay. You push boundaries and you get comfortable and then push boundaries again. Yeah. Repeat. And then you retire. I don't have anything to add to that. Oh, did we lose Carrie? Yeah. No, I don't. I'm just like agreeing with oh. you. <laughs> well, thanks so much, everybody, for watching. And if you caught the replay or um, for listening to the audio version, thanks so much for listening. As always, we like to end these episodes with a question from Poddeck. So, Brian, would you like to share this week's? I would. And for those of you that are joining us live, we'd love to have your answers in the chat as well. The question for today is what weird food combinations do you really enjoy? And since I drew the pod card, I will start it. And I don't know how weird this is, but I've started to get my kids on it and they really like it too. And it is saltine crackers with butter. And in my house, we call it a delicacy. It was when I was growing up in the 80s. And I don't know if everybody else had that, but that's what we had. And I really like it. So there's that. I don't know who's next. Maybe Carrie should go next. Well, let's say Kareem. His weird combination is chicken and chocolate. Chicken and chocolate. Yeah. That doesn't sound because like chocolate covered bacon is the thing. As it should be. <laughs> and then there's like, isn't like mole kind of chocolate sauce that goes with chicken? I, I don't know. Oh. I'm not cool like you. Okay. I can see like the sweet and salty thing. I like sweet and salty. Mm-hmm. My, and you guys told me this was weird earlier, but uh, hot dogs and eggs is the weird combination. I came up with like scrambled eggs with cut up hot dog. Oh, when you put it that way, it's not quite as weird. I was picturing hot dog on a bun with an egg on it. (laughs) No, but actually like a hot dog bun is great for like an egg sandwich. That is true. I've done that before. Yeah. Chocolate with beer. Chocolate beer is good. I have had chocolate wine. I think there's a chocolate bar in St. Louis. We went to one time. Very interesting. So mine, I don't, I actually asked my wife this too. Like she said, I have very average taste, so I can't think of anything weird. But I will say, You're like, so vanilla, Daniel. So vanilla. <laughs> okay, Helen King says French fries and ice cream. If that's weird, then like, no. sign, like I love that combination. That is such a winning combination. McDonald's strawberry milkshake with French fries. Like, dip your fries in the Ooh. strawberry oh, milkshake. I was yeah. thinking of Wendy's frosty yep. uh, fries. Oh, I like strawberry better. I've done that too. But, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Angela says those crackers, yes, with cafe con leche. Perfect. 
So if I had to pick a weird thing, it's just like I like barbecue sauce with literally everything. Like I'll put barbecue sauce on anything. Like wedding cake and barbecue sauce, like that kind of stuff? Or what are we talking here? Maybe I won't go to dessert. I mean, how far does this weirdness go here? I don't know. Like, okay, are we trying this? Are we getting some cake and barbecue sauce? We'll try it on air. I think you should. I mean, we might have to, you know, get some cake and some barbecue sauce. But everybody has to do it. I'm not going to do it alone. Oh, you're going to do it alone. All right. I will buy a cake. (laughs) Okay. Well, let's wrap this up before it gets too out of control. Yeah. Thank you so much for watching. If you caught this live and thank you so much for listening. This has been the Podcast Editor's Mastermind. If you want to be a guest on the show, Carrie, what do people have to do? Go to podcasteditorsmastermind.com slash be a guest and fill out the little form. And we will contact you to have you as a guest on the show. And do people have to be an expert in something to be a guest on the show? What kind of what kind of people do we have no. on the show? Oh, you want to know what kind of people we have on the oh, show? Yeah. Well, if you will let me on the show, then pretty much your options are open. No, you don't have to be an expert. You can have a problem like I did tonight. And we can workshop it and put you in that the gentle hot seat. It we'll call it a gentle hot seat. It's a warm massaging seat. It is. It is. There might be a foot bath, you know. We mm-hmm. you know, we could bribe you. We would love to have you on though to talk about whatever it is that you need to talk about that you're struggling with in your editing business or you have some great tips. We're happy to have you on. Well, I have been Daniel Abendroth. And if you want to reach out to me, you can find me at rothmedia.audio. To my right, your left. <laughs> Brian Ensminger, you can find me at toptieraudio.com or on the social channels at Top Tier Audio. And I'm your resident crazy lady, Carrie Caulfield Eric. You can find me at yayapodcasting.com or on Instagram at Carrie Eric. And a special shout out to the Yeti on hiatus, Jennifer Longworth. And you can find her at bourbonbarrelpodcasting.com. Thanks so much for listening and watching. We'll see you next time. Uh, um, so how much is that? Hey, podcast editors, Carrie here, and I thought I'd give you a quick update on my own imposter syndrome that we hashed out in this episode. So it's been some time now, and the project that brought this all up is almost completed, at least my work for the project. And I have learned so incredibly much about myself about this new kind of work, about collaboration. And it's been a pretty amazing journey. And I'm so glad that A, I shared my imposter syndrome, my feelings of insecurity with my fellow Yetis and with you, and that I pushed through. But one thing I found after this episode uh, was recorded was that while it was incredibly difficult for me to be so open and vulnerable in a very public way, it actually helped the fog lift. And it kind of woke me up and helped me move through this imposter syndrome. 
in a way I don't think would have happened had I just kept these feelings to myself. Once again, reaffirming my belief in that naming the thing that you're experiencing out loud is the first step in getting over it. I also want to say thank you to everybody who sent me messages, emails, etc. Everybody on the stream who shared their own stories and gave me encouragement and support. I really appreciate it. I think that helped too, just knowing I wasn't alone and that everybody was, you know, spread the love. And that's one of the reasons I love this industry is just how collaborative and how supportive it is. So thank you so much.